Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through the industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Doug Reif Snyder. He is a marketing expert, a fractional chief marketing officer with Chief Outsiders. Chief Outsiders is the largest fractional CMO firm in the USA. Uh, welcome to the show, Doug. Thank you, AJ. Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure to be here. You are welcome to the show, Doug. You are welcome to India in this online form. And I'm sure not just in India, but a lot of people across the globe, a lot of companies across the globe will benefit from what we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about marketing, how they can succeed in marketing, the right kind of marketing, and by, the, by avoiding the random acts of marketing so my first question is to understand doug in fact about the fractional cmo market in the us you work with a company uh, the largest fraction cmo firm in the usa i want to understand you know how how what is the state of this cmo market is it growing it is growing very fast or is it slow down because this will give an understanding of how companies are looking at their marketing so that's a great question, AJ. Um, I'll say fractional, C, what we call CXO. So whether it's CMO, CFO, C Chief Financial Officers, uh, Chief um, Information Officers, all the C-suite has become a big business in the United States in particular. So that fractional business is growing. And to give you an example, I was actually looking for virtual backgrounds. I usually use a virtual background when I'm on video. And I've got a virtual background from Chief Outsiders that shows that Chief Outsiders has been for 10 years in a row on the uh, top uh, 5,000 fastest growing corpora uh, corporations. And I've now I'm com coming up with a complete uh, uh, mind block on who publishes that list. But um, that's where I would have had a nice visual aid in my background. So I apologize for that. Uh, but the point is Chief Outsiders has been growing by about 30% or so um, a year for the last 10 years. And we've made that list. The, it's Inc the Inc 5000 is what it's called. And so that shows that uh, companies, whereas when Chief Outsiders started, fractional was kind of a weird term. Nobody really understood it. It's becoming very popular now and actually it's becoming very competitive as well because a lot of uh, the management companies in the last year or so, Bain, McKenzie, whatnot, have released some people and they're going into fractional work as well. So, and corporations determine very quickly that fractional help can be very beneficial because you can hire a basically hire a part-time chief chief marketing officer for part-time uh, fees and then but get full-time results because they don't get tied up in the day-to-day -day material and day-to-day -day stuff unless you really want them to as part of your executive team which we try to fit into and that's a whole different story and explanation but the point is to answer your question it's been growing quite a bit chief outsiders has helped grow that and we've uh, been uh benefited by that growth. And I think it's going to continue to grow as we move on in the economy. And I think it probably also goes to show that a lot of us tend to be a little older, have some gray hair up here. And so I think uh, the wisdom and as the baby boomers worldwide, you know, age out and start retiring, that's a natural thing for us to want to do as well to help out and convey our wisdom to younger generations. Right, right, Doug. So help, help me understand why is it that uh, companies are you know, outsourcing this crucial function. Why is it? Is it the small companies? Is it the big companies? You talked about C-suite. 
C yes. also stands the for customer. So the C-suite has forgotten about the customer, and that is why they are finding it difficult to reach to the customers. So that is why you know, and they are not able to understand the customer. Whereas you know, the basic premise was that the customer is the king, and because they are finding this whole thing difficult, they want to reach to those customers whom they have avoided or derided. You know, through people like you, because you know about marketing the right way. I want to get your perspective on why this whole trend is increasing. Who are these companies who are, uh, you know, it's not a bad thing, but I just want to understand the intention, mm -hmm. the emotions behind it. And are you more connected to the customer than these C-suites? So that's a great question. So that's where the stop random acts of marketing is a concept for telling companies to stop their random acts of marketing. And I can explain a little bit more about that in a second, but to answer your first question on why would companies do this? Um, it's because, and I'll give you the, 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 the storyline that I, I like to use is that imagine you're an entrepreneur, you start a company, you're the founder, you're the CEO, you're the C everywhere. Oh, you don't have an executive suite yet. You're right. You start selling widgets. You're the one that you go out and you make relationships and you sell widgets and you can sell a widget like no tomorrow and you build your company to 10, 15, 20 million, whatever the number is. And then you get to a point where, oh, my gosh, I can't be this head salesperson anymore. Excuse me. I need to hire a salesperson. So now I'm the CEO selling all these widgets, but I can't sell them all the time. So I bring on a salesperson because I hit a plateau and I've got to do more work. Now, that salesperson does a great job, and as they want to sell more, they bring on more salespeople. But at some point, at three people, at 30, whatever, they typically hit some kind of a plateau, and they don't know how to sell anymore. And they realize that the sales guys go, um, we need a website, or maybe we need to have a, a brochure for the conference we're going to next week, right? We need a marketing person. Let's hire an intern to do our social media. Those are indeed random acts of marketing. And a lot of manufacturing companies fall into that trap. And they, and oddly enough, that story I just told is somewhat similar to what we hear when we talk to our prospects who later become clients, because they very often, especially on the manufacturing and the other ends of the, the non, on, on the B2B world, if you will, follow that path. And so they find out that it's, they don't know how to hire a good marketing person. Uh, so they find chief outsiders and we give them a plethora of options on people that have different experiences in their industry, et cetera, in their vertical and realize that they can bring somebody on for three months, six months or so, and they can pay for their, you know, 30% of their time or half their time or whatever, and build an actual marketing growth engine for them that will what we like to say puts an adult in the room when they start talking about marketing. Instead of having a social media intern and a person five years out of college doing their marketing because they needed all this random acts of, I need a website, I need a brochure, I need some uh, blogs online, I need whatever. Um, that's a very non-strategic approach. That's very heavy random acts of marketing because there's no strategy or thought of, to your point, the customer, what does the customer want? What does the customer need to know? What pain points does our product, what does that widget actually solve for the people that are buying it, right? And that's that's kind of how we get into the, the connection of where we want to go here today and talk about random acts of marketing, because typically that's how a lot of 
chief outsiders clients come to us, they've been doing random acts of marketing because they don't have what we call an adult in a room to talk about marketing in a strategic sense. Right, right, Doug. Let me understand. I'll come to the marketing part, but in terms of the relationship between the customers and the companies and the C-suites. Again, all C's here. So let me understand here. In terms of, you know, is it that uh, the CMOs, most of the CMOs are hired by, say, small companies or even larger companies? I want to understand that. If by larger companies, then what is the percentage? Or is it because, you know, uh, of, of, say, a company which have got uh, only a couple of employees, so it makes sense for them, but not for the larger companies? I want to get some sense on that. Right. Sorry, I didn't, I didn't get into that. So our elevator pitch, if you will, is that we do our best work for companies that are in the 10 to about $300 million range. But to your point, AJ, we've got some $1 and $2 million company as, pro as clients before and probably currently. And we've worked for what we call enterprise clients. Like we at one point had, I think, four or five CMOs working on one major insurance carrier help. So we were helping a large, you know, multi-billion dollar corporation. Um, and so it's hard to, I don't have the statistics and I'm going to have to, you know, guess some things, but it's hard to get uh, guess what those percentages are. As an example, I fulfilled the full-time interim CMO role. This is where a company sometimes needs somebody to fill the gap. If uh, somebody's on some kind of family leave or whatever, and they've got a three-month gap, they will bring us on. I filled the gap for Church's Texas Chicken for 10 months. That's a very large $800 million global company um, that they needed our services to, while they could figure out some things, get the executive C-suite in line, bring in a new CEO, et cetera. And that's an example of a, a couple, two examples of big enterprise companies we help. Um, but typically they're more in the 10 to 250, $300 million range. They've built some expertise and they need help with marketing because they're all they really know how to do is sell now in the in the, the b2c world that can still happen but they tend to only have hired younger less knowledgeable marketing people so they're three four five years out of college and they've got a good strategic head on their shoulders great but the point to your actually to your question about customers understanding what the customer wants is key in all those situations and most often because everybody wants to ready, shoot, aim. They want to go right to the tactics as opposed to understand what tactics might work for which of their customers, which is where random acts of marketing come from. That tends to be the problem. So they end up needing somebody fractional or a full-time, you know, fully paid person that's had 10, 20, 25 plus years of experience to understand how to learn about the customer and get into voice of the customer so we can figure out those pain points the customer has. Absolutely, absolutely. Talking of pain points, so it is because you know because you forget about random acts of kindness towards your customer, you start getting into you know random acts of marketing. We will come to that. I want to understand in terms of you know uh, I was yesterday having a discussion with an expert who is a you know CRM expert, customer relationship management. Yes, sir. Yeah. Now, even these tools have become very advanced with artificial intelligence coming in and everything, even the their original, uh, you know, chief marketing officer will have all the tools in their hands, which will help them. And then there are other people who come after him or her. Yes. Why is it then they still need a person 
especially somebody from outside to tell them when there's so much of vouch for all the tools and all the intelligence that all the systems that they have designed within themselves can't they do without a, a, a fractional cmo for at least say even for 3 months what is it that they have not understood within their own company use of all tools use of you know crms and all those high level tools all those consultants how will a cmo come in you know fractional cmo mm -hmm. come in and understand all that that they have not understood till now i want to get that and then we'll get more details into the marketing part so my experience is that type of expertise tends to be siloed. We talk about, everybody talks about collaboration. Not every does, everybody does it well. And I love the term you just used, um, um, random acts of kindness for your customers. Uh, because what it comes down to is- That's it, not my word. That's a, That was a movie, uh, you know, and, and it taught so many things. I'm sure it is a Hollywood movie. They all know about it. I am from India. I just happened to see it long, but long time. Right? Right. right. And so, Obviously, these are very basic things. They sell products, which is supposedly, you know, aims to reduce the pain of the customers. But when there is no kindness, how can they alleviate pain? Right. Well, and that's where those siloed, the CRM expert, the website person, the, I don't know, they brought in AI and they've even got a CIO doing all sorts of AI for chatbots, whatever. Unless they're really, really talking or somebody's orchestrating that. Because what I like to think of it is we chief marketing officers are like conductors or maestros of an orchestra. And everything that's going on in the organization that touches the customer is being directed by what we do. And it, it reminds me of the, the growth gears, the three, the, the basic growth premise that we use at Chief Outsiders called the growth gears, which is where insights, learning about your customer, and that's the key, but also understanding your competition and your company help inform your strategy that's growth gear two from insights to strategy and strategy is where you start to realize what your offerings are potentially gets into pricing which markets are you going to serve that sort of thing brand positioning strategy um, voice of the brand etc once you've got all that figured out now you have an idea because of the insights you learn from your customer research voice of customer interviews quantitative surveys uh, reviews online wherever you want to get your intelligence you learn about that and then you build that strategy and then finally you go to execution and that's where you know for that crm expert yeah they know hubspot or salesforce really well and they can do a, a nurturing campaign forever but if the message in the nurturing campaign is wrong who cares you know people are deleting their open rates are bad etc um so that's why you need the maestro or a, a conductor of the orchestra of all the things going on in an organization to market to the customers because at the end of the day the marketing concept, which if you think about what marketing is really meant to do, is it's also sometimes called the donut principle. We're trying to find a hole to fill it. So what does the customer have in a need or a pain point that a product or offering can serve and solve? And that's how we should understand and serve our customers. Too often in the capitalistic society in particular, we tend to just sell stuff because we want to make more money wrong that's not the marketing concept that's not the way it should be and you're certainly not going to do random acts of kindness if you're doing that taking that approach absolutely absolutely doug you have explained all these things very well and now let's get to because i i get and i get now that a lot of people do not know about the basics of marketing and that is where we will try to understand what is marketing in today's time what is it that who those who should know about marketing or say that they are 
they are they are heading marketing functions or the experts of marketing what should they know because you must be seeing a lot of you know random acts of marketing which is not working help us understand from the basics so that somebody who is starting out any you know a small uh, entrepreneur or solopreneur and all the small companies they can get the right sense of marketing and reach the customers in the right way so I think the key thing, and I touched on it a bit ago, is marketing actually is about filling a need, right? The donut principle, find a hole and fill it. And it's so important to understand your customer. And I, I learned the basics. And I'll admit, during my career, when I was very tactical and was doing some random acts of marketing, probably in the 90s and early aughts, um, I was very focused on those tactical things. I lost sight of getting to know the customer as well as I should. And like David Ogilvy expressed it really well. He was a icon of the advertising world back in the 70s and 80s, kind of uh, think that uh, TV show about Mad Men, right? He's kind of in that era, but he was manic about the research. So ma imagine Henry Ford back in the day. He's very often been quoted <clears throat> that if I asked my customers what they wanted, they would have said they wanted a faster horse. And he still knew they needed to develop a Model T because the problem people were trying to solve was getting from point A to point B faster, potentially more reliable or with, without the issues of horse and or, what goes on with organics with horses. Um, so he knew he needed that. That's why he came up with a car. Getting to that granularity of what your customers really want or need or what their pain point is, that's what every marketer should focus on first because if they don't understand that and and Getting that amount of wisdom from your customer research is very, very hard. It is not easy. It's easy to understand that, like, if I'm a restaurant and I'm selling food, people are hungry at noontime. That's pretty basic. But how hungry are they? How'd they get hungry? Has it been six hours? Did they skip breakfast? Are they going to want a burrito? Are they whatever? You know, that, that sort of detail is hard to find for any given brand. But if you can uncover that nugget, and usually in restaurants, it's a different space. It's not that particular problem you're solving. Um, but that's the key. So the, a, a maniacal focus on customers and understanding their wants and needs would be premise number one. The second thing would be to understand how to develop positioning and take that information and turn it into a given brand strategy. An example I'd like to use for you is that when I, when I first got the firehouse subs, I'll try to shorten this for you since we have a short amount of time. They were very much into that commercials going on TV and the tagline was because firemen, no good food, firefighters, no food. And I'm like, what does that mean? How, how do firefighters know good food? <clears throat> and I had the benefit of sitting outside the founder's office, the co-founder's office, the one of the co-founders. And he would tell me the stories of how when he was on the firefight, when he was a firefighter, when his brother was a firefighter, when his father was a firefighter, all sorts of stories, what goes on in the firehouse. And apparently at a firehouse, it's a big deal when it's your turn to cook food. So when you cook the meal, you better cook a meal. So I don't know about what happens in India, IJ, but in the United States, frequently, we can go to a Publix or a Kroger and there's a fire truck in the parking lot. Those guys are in the grocery store. They're buying food to cook that night for their shift, right? Well, guess what happens if the food you cook is not good and the guys don't like it? Guy cold takes over and there's also oh that's crap you guys suck all that sort of stuff you know they get ribbed all week long etc and uh, that's how fire and firefighters also love to sit around that table when they're not putting out a fire attending a, a call as they call it they are actually having camaraderie 
being around with the bros, all that sort of stuff. All right. So that's that's what fire firehouse subs started as being. And those commercials were trying to convey that, but they didn't. And I asked some more questions. <clears throat> Finally said, you know, there's no bridge for the customer. The, the customers don't understand that just because there's a fire truck in the parking lot, they're having this camaraderie at the firehouse. And that's why you guys as firefighters come up with these great subs, right? That that just didn't work. So we brought on a new agency, had some great research done, did some creative stuff and found out that Our Way Beats Their Way was a way to resonate with consumers. Started out as Our Way Beats Subway. We didn't want to go that route. We went Our Way Beats Their Way as what we'll call the tagline based that was the base or the end of a lot of strategy work that we did because what Firehouse did in the way of customer service and product was better than most of the sub shop competitors at the time. And that was that resonated more. And that's when that brand started to grow from a couple hundred locations when I got there to over a thousand when I left. Right. Right, Doug. Excuse so me. to understand uh, this marketing thing, random acts of, you know, a marketing, uh, the missing piece is the strategy part, if I understand. Yes, sir. But then there are so many top strategists, companies, they claim that they are strategists marketing strategist and so what is wrong with that strategy uh and and nowadays even you know artificial intelligence is suggesting you many strategies so it's yeah. it's very so what is the difference between you using artificial intelligence and them using artificial intelligence because the problem is that the budgets have been already allocated with mm. whatever strategy they have already put in in front of the people you may call it random act they may con con consider it as a very solid you know marketing strategy so i want to understand is it only the difference of the prompt or is it there is a difference of uh, much more beyond you know what strategy they are working on or the way they decide on strategy or plan their strategy help us understand then how do you turn your strategy as good and their strategy as random acts of marketing well so i would the simple answer is i think it is a matter of the right prompt or prompt engineering but simple fact is up until the last year ai didn't play into that fact but because as you said that i i smiled because a lot of people in my shoes we marketers tend to have this what i call non-invented here syndrome in other words when i get to a company whether i'm fractional or permanent i didn't invent it they brought me on for some reason whatever they were doing before must be wrong so i got to do my thing right Sometimes, to your point, companies have it right. They maybe just executed some tactics wrong or something, which goes back to look into the research, look into the data. What does the data and research tell you about the customer's needs and how the company's products and offerings fulfill it? Uh, but fast forward to 2023-24, you're right. I was working with AI yesterday to start building some uh, definite competitive, uh, we'll call um, research, et cetera, on strategy for a client. And it's going to be a lot about prompt engineering, but if, if you don't have the right prompts based on the right research and knowledge of the customer, you're going to come up with different things. So people on how they do that is it is going to vary. And I guess I can't answer it any more than to say each person is going to do it their own way, AJ, but it is going to be the, the prompts they put in based on the research they have at hand to inform the AI is going to be the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. You talk of, growth gears so help us understand what are these growth gears also there is a book by the same name by the founder of chief outsiders if you can tell us about growth gears and exactly what that book is 
all about who is it for and can one become an expert in marketing by reading that book so that they do not commit these random acts of marketing. Okay, I'm, I'm going to unpack that backwards. Uh, no, I don't think by reading that book you could become an expert. Um, that would be tough. You need some experience and got to have some successes and failures to get to that point. Uh, the book is and in, was initially written for CEOs and people that might need um, sophisticated marketers like we have a chief outsiders. And then the book itself is it's what's great about it, AJ, is that it took a lot of like during my time in marketing, I've had brand houses and uh, brand pillars and spherical brand promises and all every agency or every group has their name for how they develop strategy. Right. So the growth gears actually takes all that stuff up and bundles it into a very easy to understand process because growth can be a process. Hence the growth gears. There's three growth gears. The first one is insights where you learn about the customer, the competition and your company and learning about your company is important. Under, like if we go in and a company doesn't have mission, vision, values, we will do a mission, vision, values workshop and help them come up with one. All right. Because they don't know what they want to be or what their drive is or what their purpose is. It's kind of hard to know how you're going to fulfill customers needs and wants. Right. So understanding your company is almost as important as understanding the customer. Customer understanding is still the best. And then, of course, competition, because when you evaluate your competition, you learn about their brand promise, their offerings, their price points, how they go to market, all that sort of stuff. I, and a lot of it can be done online. And AI can do a lot of that now, too, as a matter of fact. Um, so you learn about your customer competition and company. Then you take those things and that's where you go to the strategy gear, gear number two. Got to get right in front of the camera. Sorry. And you start to figure out, okay, here's our offerings. We're going to price point our offerings this way. We're going to have we're going to go into these markets. We're going to have these customer segments based on what our research told us. You're going to come up with a strategy and actually go to market strategy because you figure out that, hey, our our widget attracts, you know, 15 to 24 year olds. So we're absolutely going to be in TikTok. All right. Probably not going to be in Facebook. You're looking at social media. It's going to help you apply what kind of voice you have and how you describe it and how what your benefit is for your widget, et cetera. So. Growth Gear 1 Insights moves on to strategy, figure out your offerings, your markets, your segments and positioning, strategy, et cetera, which helps inform exactly how you want to go to market with the tactics because Growth Gear 3, Growth Gear 3 is execution. So insights, strategy, execution. Execution is everything from having a website, material, you know, blogs, um, whether you're going to go over the top TV, digital marketing, um, you need local SEO, you got to get big in SEO for your website, et cetera. Everything you can think about that you think is marketing, the, any all that's on the menu. And then you figure out what your customers pay attention to and use that is kind of the easiest way to say it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for that. And I say it is it has become a curious case of, you know, outsider knowing more than the insider. And outsider Sometimes. is actually much more than the insider. Be that as it may, how do you see this whole future of marketing panning out? Will it come back towards, you know, where customer will again be the focal point of everything, where customer will be again as king, be back as the king? Well, I, if, if customer ever is not the king, we've all made a big mistake. Uh, if, I, if that's the one message I would hammer home here is understanding your customers' wants and needs and how your product or offering fulfills those is key. And if you don't fulfill a product, you probably, don't, probably shouldn't have a product. 
Um, marketing is indeed going to change though, because AI, we're probably one of the disciplines AI is going to change the most because it's going to impact how content is created. To your point, it we, can help us write strategy, can help us do competitive analysis. It's going to shorten the time it takes to do a lot of these things. Um, so they, but they still need to be done. That I think would be my point. So I think marketing will continue. It's going to continue to evolve because we've not only gone through a digital revolution or evolution rather in the last five years since 2018, 19, it was hit. We were headed that way, but COVID pro, you know, propagated everything or moved everything forward. And now AI is going to take the next step forward with how we actually manage some of the things in the marketing realm, which the, the four P, the good old four P's of marketing product, price, place, and promotion. All that's going to be impacted somehow by AI and the marketers that succeed. I think this is a quote from somebody talking about AI. AI is not going to take anybody's job, but somebody who knows how to use AI really well could take one, two, three, ten people's jobs. And absolutely, that's probably what happened in marketing as well. Absolutely. And all I can understand it with the way the world is going, my little bit of understanding with the way the new generation is looking at everything. You know, if you don't understand your customer or put the customer as the focus of all your efforts then it certainly it certainly will be the death of many companies and i am sure in such a case you have provided services to funeral services company you might be able to give them a few numbers so that they get at least the right kind of funeral services if they are not running it will be the death of many companies and the world right. will be very much it be that as it may for a lot of people who would like to understand more from you, Doug, more about you, more about uh, your outsiders, chief outsiders. What is the best way for them to connect with you? All right. So probably the easiest way is to go to chiefoutsiders.com and pick the button that says, you know, find a fractional CMO and just put in Doug, Doug in the search bar and find my profile. That'll have ways to contact me. I'll, I'll share my email address, um, but it's it's a long one because I have a short name, as you know, short Irish name, as I like to say. Um, it's D. Reif Schneider, and it's spelled for you there on the screen if you're watching the video. D-R-E-I-F, like Frank, S-C-H-N-E-I-D-E-R, at chiefoutsiders.com. So that's D. Reif Schneider at chiefoutsiders.com. But I, I think the website's going to be the, the, the fewest mouse clicks and fewest keyboard clicks. Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll also add all these details into the YouTube description as well as show notes. With this, Great. it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Have a great day.